Jonette Gay, and I'm the pastor of Otterbein United Methodist Church. I have with me today our media specialist. Hi, Jason Burgess. And we want to talk and we want to listen. Our faith is seen and understood in many topics. We're glad you've tuned in today to Hey Hey, Anybody Listening? Chris, uh, thanks for coming in to do another podcast. Good we had so much fun there. last time. Yeah, good to be back. Um, so, what's new? Uh, what's new? I well, I'm, I'm over COVID, or my family's over COVID. We had that, and uh, that was, thankfully, it, it rushed through quickly. And uh, back at it again. Oh, was that the first time that you've been through COVID? No, no, we yeah. had it. I think we've had it in our family a couple of times. Uh, never terribly bad, but mm. but we had it. I've never had it diagnosed, but um, I believe that it probably has happened at least. Yeah. Especially in the beginning there. I think I, I don't know, some people responded to it, some people didn't. Yep. Yep. And then, so I've got a family of six. <clears throat> Each responded differently to it from <clears throat> within the same family. A couple, I remember the first time we, we had it, uh, two no feeling two had kind of a buzzy feeling one got nauseous one got really like phlegmy coffee mm-hmm. every everybody was a little different yeah i i don't know i think i know when i had it only because um a lot of people get a rash sometime oh, really? after after you've actually you're no longer contagious and you've been through it already and oh. there's been three times in this time that uh it's just like a a rash that pops up and then it heals away but uh, interesting i had not that's one i hadn't heard of yeah uh so (laughs) now i'm thinking did i ever see a rash i don't think i ever did that's interesting yeah it might be it's something small that just happened on your foot or what a strange symptom Mm -hmm. that thing just gives all kinds of strange symptoms so yeah healed up yes back at it working my normal job Um, had the opportunity to sit with an old seminary professor this morning and just talk had some coffee oh nice um some i'm gonna have a carpenter come in look at putting a new door in the house because the front door 150 year old door probably Mm -hmm. maybe it's not that old i don't know but it's uh, sad to take them out it is it is but it's also a leaky yeah (laughs) twisted old wooden door with an old mail slot in it it does yeah maybe you should save that (laughs) i I think well i think we'll save the door i just i don't want to shuffle it around for the next 20 years in the basement because we wanted to save you know Mm -hmm. uh i've had to you know make that decision on a door a few times you know or many things yeah no don't want to get rid of you but you gotta go but (laughs) but so Uh, we'll figure out what to do with with the door uh, when we decide. Actually, the, the thing we got to figure out. So my wife and I, um, my wife started, a, uh, I don't think I talked about this last time. My wife started a public relations agency in 2019. Mm-hmm. So she, she worked in the agency life all her career, various agencies, all the way back in Kansas to, to Pennsylvania. 
And I, I worked in that career before I became a pastor. And that, that's what I went to school, that and engineering, but that was a terrible idea and a whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left that world to become a pastor. She stayed with it. In 2019, she said, you know, I think I can make more money and work fewer hours if I just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And she, she got a couple of clients and, and she was right. She's, she's good at it and, and did that well. Um, but when I went on voluntary leave, um, you know, I, I did a stint at Impact Missions for about nine months. And then I, I joined her full time. So I work full time with, with her right now. Um, so we work in the front room of our row home, mm-hmm. which is perfect. But it's also where the piano is, where all the instruments are for the kids, where their boots go. Mm-hmm. And there's no door. There's no gap living room is right next to it uh-huh. it's insane mm-hmm. it's just and the, when the kids come home it's and the kid and their friends come over to play and they're screaming sure. chasing each other it's fantastic i love it mm-hmm. but you can't get a thing done yeah. and it's noisy heck and there's lots of of you know phone calls and zoom meetings so we That's made funny. a decision that we're going to to put up barn doors that intersect mm-hmm. to create like sliding doors yeah to just <clears throat> create some kind of sound barrier so guy came in today to give us a cost on that and i don't want to pay it but i will uh-huh my yeah, sanity is worth it i think mm-hmm. you don't do this kind of work on your own <laughs> um i could the yeah. barn doors i could i just don't want to mm-hmm. no sorry the barn doors i will do i'm sorry the barn doors i will do the front door yeah i'm gonna let a, a craftsman do that it's on a good an old idea. house with nothing square there's something about doors. If you're off a, an eighth of an inch, mm-hmm. you take three hours trying to correct it if you don't know what you're doing. I used to do work for a friend of mine um, bringing homes up from a foreclosed, uh, yeah. com- condemned situation. And I was like, I'll do everything, but you do the doors. Yeah, doors are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Doors are nuts. I learned that in Wichita. We, we remodeled, or I remodeled, I should say. I created a third floor bathroom or second floor bathroom, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the, the angles were all weird. It was the door that just killed me. The door to the bathroom, I did hours. I just, eventually I just gave up. So mm-hmm. Forget it, someone else do this. They're a headache. Yeah, I, mean, I can do the and plumbing. They're not the electrical. The end, so. I had the doors, oh my goodness. And it's probably just, if you know the steps in order and you do it, you, you got it, but. Mm-hmm. It's also. Not me. They need to be square. Yeah, and, uh, they kind of have to work. If you didn't build that whole thing yourself with a square, um, nope. <laughs> it's probably not square. Nope. So. No, I don't want to touch it. What's your, what's the um, sermon going to be about this week? Or maybe you we're, don't want to reveal Well, anything. we're going back. We're going back. Uh, going back to be, uh, Beatitudes. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll hit it from a different angle. I, I kind of hinted at it a little bit, the, the how you see the world and how you see the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to talk about this Sunday is is how you see the kingdom and how you see the world, and how it how how you see things um, changes how you behave about them. Sure. Yeah. Um, I could say, uh, growing up, my dad was in the Navy, and mm. then parents got divorced, and we moved various different places all over the place. So I was never in a community that I was part of necessarily. Mm-hmm. I was always the the new person or the outsider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I developed a sort of more hold back and observe what's going around 
going on around me and uh, try to dodge any of the bullying for being the new guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I don't know. By the time I got through high school, I, I was like feeling like I saw the world differently than other people because I could not understand how how I fit into their their yeah. world around them. And uh, So when you would go to a new community, did you... Did you learn that skill of, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, so I got to make friends, you know, quick and and enjoy them fully because I'm not going to have them for very long? Or did you pull yourself back and you didn't really make friendships? I don't think I was very conscious of the fact that I was moving around. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was happening to you. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I probably just held back. I mean, I've always been kind of like that, yeah. responding to the people who respond positive to me just naturally yeah you know okay um i think that's that's good in some situations but uh you know it didn't develop a a sort of extrovert or outward you know a strategy yeah Yeah. an approach to people that was other than oh you're talking to me and you're smiling you're my new friend that's a good thing yeah yeah Yeah. makes perfect sense that often was a bad thing though (laughs) oh really (laughs) yes because Somebody who's who's generally just open and maybe quiet, shall I say? Um, I don't know. Often, I I know I would find friends or end up with these friends who were very needy, you know. Uh, okay. And then I never, never got a chance to be a part of that relationship. You know, it was right. always always giving into what it was that they that they wanted. You know. Right. Um, which is something that. Um, I probably suffered with throughout my life. And uh, when I went through treatment, it was the first that I realized I was like, oh, I'm always giving, giving, this dynamic giving. dynamic is regular. Yeah. yeah. And uh, never, never really accepting, always sort of resenting not being able to, not, not getting uh, anything back necessarily or yes. from whatever it was that I gave. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I realized that that's kind of how I ended up getting into a situation where uh, addiction was a, a way of being free from that because the substance abuse caused me to have no no concerns about anybody else right and uh, right um, I don't I mean it's hard to find things that are good about uh, situations like that but one no, thing but... was that I I learned that I needed to be assertive for myself and I needed to to reach the goals that I wanted to reach mm-hmm. without letting other people guide me. And yep. So it them. wasn't the substance. It was a confrontation. Yeah. It was that being confronted with yourself mm-hmm. and having to think through it, that yeah. a good thing comes. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, yeah, that's, I'd say with, with any horrible thing that happens to you um, or that you cause to yourself, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the horrible thing that created a positive. It's some other aspect of, how you dealt with the confrontation of it's like if someone punches you in the face mm-hmm. the punch didn't get, impact you positively no. <laughs> it, it impacted you negatively yeah but you were confronted with your limitation in some way and maybe you got a little tougher or maybe you learned how to de de-escalate something or something or at like least that. to duck you know? or to duck <laughs> or to duck absolutely yes uh negative negative experiences definitely uh teach you um which Sometimes I don't. If you're not aware of that, you may not. You may realize um, 
I don't know, somebody was telling me that they were afraid of butterflies. And I'm trying to think, how can you be afraid of like butterflies? Like physical butterflies yes. or butterflies in the stomach? Just physical butterflies. Okay, yeah. In the, I, don't know, I mean, I imagine that maybe when they were a child, this thing flying in this sort of erratic way, you know. Um, I suppose. Maybe, yeah. maybe that made them nervous, you know. And they've always then had this sort of like fear of things nearby in their face that are uncon. You know, they're not, butterflies do not fly in a, a pattern that you can predict, so. It's true, it's true. Well, it, it, okay, so this is unrelated, mm-hmm. probably, but I learned something from a friend of mine years ago who had a child uh, who was diagnosed on, on the autism spectrum, and he said one of the manifestations was that the child was afraid to swim, and they figured out that it was something about the waves in the water, the movement of the water visually, mm-hmm. the, you know, seeing the water moving hit all the wrong buttons in their head. And so they just absolutely were afraid to swim. Not the feeling of water, but the look of water. Sure. I mean, I have a, I have a little fear of water and, uh, you know, water's always moving. So there's no calm. That's true. I mean, there's no calm when you're in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just did my water aerobics class this morning and uh, it's like I I I try to you know speak but there's no way that they can ever really hear what I'm saying there's just too much stuff going on around there so yeah. um, so you're talking about the why yeah 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 it's so, pretty noisy in that spot yeah. yeah so I have to do it on land so that they can see everything that I'm doing because I can't really explain anything yeah. to them and uh, that's interesting so we're talking about yeah. barriers to perception then and, yeah and sound being a barrier to perception sound being a barrier to being able to perceive what is being communicated Mm -hmm. that's interesting another thing you know growing older now uh my eyes don't go so well you wearing readers yet yeah i need to wear them pretty much anytime especially if i'm looking at my phone or something um i mean i can usually focus long enough to do whatever i need to do but i don't fuss around on my phone very much you know i don't try to try to do anything there and i don't know i'm starting to know now that i have to do more sort of desk work at the y writing emails and everything i'm like oh i need to make sure that i bring glasses with me because yep i I don't realize that that's what it is that's frustrating me until until i'm like oh i uh, i just got my readers last year for the first time and and Bob, Bob Garvey, if you're listening, it was after you got yours because you're older than me. Yeah. Um, but I, I just got my readers. And, and the, the thing that got me was I was I was trying to do repairs in the house and I couldn't read, you know, the, the printing on the side of a PVC pipe mm-hmm. or the back of an item. And it happened so frequently that I was like, this is just weird. Why can't I see this? Mm-hmm. I just couldn't perceive them anymore. It was they were gone. Yeah. You know, the, the type was so small, I'd have to hold it so far away from my eyes. Yeah, right. Too small to read. Try to get a light or something. Get any close. It, yeah. Too close to read. Yeah. yeah, it was the worst. So, so yeah, um, it's pretty natural for people to uh, be in situations where their perceptions are yeah. um, hindering their ability to understand. Yeah. And it causes frustration. You, yeah. You'd mention it too. Mm-hmm. There's when you're not perceiving something the way it really is, whatever that means, mm-hmm. um, boy, it's frustrating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and so I think one of the reactions we have is we try to place it in a category. You know, we can't fully perceive it. It's frustrating. Well, it's mm-hmm. this. 
oh, it's frustrating. So, well, it's, it's that over sure. there. And you find that in scripture, same thing. You have, you have people that are perceiving Jesus's message in a certain way. You have people perceiving the world around them in a certain way. And it's affecting the way they're behaving. Or they're putting people in a category like Jesus is a rebel or mm -hmm. Jesus is a devil or Jesus is a, a problem versus Jesus is a solution. Jesus is a teacher. Jesus is a helper. Um, and it's the same with the kingdom. If, if you're not, if you're not perceiving the kingdom and none of us, I think perceives the kingdom fully, we can't, but sure, if you're completely unable to see it around you, it really causes frustration especially when you got some preacher standing up on a pulpit saying, you should live this way. And you're like, I don't see that in my life. I, I, I don't know how to do that. You know, what is this? What's the point of this? And you come away frustrated. It, it takes some work to get that perception too. Like yeah. uh, just with the glasses, you know, it takes now training yourself I have to have these glasses with me mm -hmm. and I need to put them on. And I, I need, need to put, put them, them on. on. Yep. I need <laughs> to put them on. I need to have them near me. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of change from always being able to see well and now you put some, there's some, there's some thought about your, how your world has changed that mm -hmm. you don't like for one, because it frustrates you when you need them. And then if you don't get into the habit of using yeah. those glasses. You're, continue to see it as a frustration yeah the rejection of it yeah i don't need these glasses mm -hmm. and and it, I'm, i imagine there are people who are listening here who are like i've been wearing glasses all my life what yeah. are you guys complaining about mm -hmm. so for you I, I i have to acknowledge that yes i have had beautiful perfect eyesight almost all my life mm -hmm. and it was a fantastic blessing and mm -hmm. uh, i made fun of my wife who had not poor poor eyesight but not great eyesight all of her life I made fun of her for all kinds of things. I would hold up my fingers and say, mm -hmm. how many fingers am I holding up and all that stuff to her. And it's all in great fun. But, um, is this before or after the vowels? <laughs> th this is, this is during before and after. Yeah. Um, she knew this going, but in. it's funny. I don't make the joke as much now. Yeah. I don't make the joke as much yeah. now because she can come back and say, where's mm -hmm. your glasses? I, yeah. Are you having trouble finding glasses? <laughs> um, but for those who have had perfect eyesight, and have found it almost not not a point of pride, maybe mm -hmm. a point of pride. I don't know. Um, that to experience that change requires some steps, and for me, they're very mild steps. Right? You probably mm -hmm. have had similarly mild steps. Yeah. We have to think about. You know, I should bring some glasses. Uh, it's not like we're driving a car through a, an intersection now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that not that major. But even those small steps are notable in your life. And, and that's the same thing. You get this idea of, of here's what the kingdom of God kind of looks like. I, I'm seeing what Jesus is, or I'm hearing what Jesus is saying. I'm seeing that lived out in this church that I'm just starting to have a relationship with, or this person that I kind of know and respect. Um, and that may mean I should change something about mm -hmm. my life a little bit. So that little discomfort, that little prompt mm -hmm. um you know you can choose to do something about it or choose not to do anything about it leave it lay um but if you find yourself in a christian community that's really taking this seriously you're going to have to do something about it eventually mm -hmm. because you're going to be reminded of it 
you know, you're going to, you're going to hear something, you're going to read something or whatever. You're going to be in prayer. Yeah. Maybe the random time that you do pray and it's going to come back. You might as well just do something. You might as well just buy the extra set of glasses, mm-hmm. put them, you know, put them near you so you can pay attention more. I think that was one of the pieces of advice that um, an optometrist gave that stuck with me because I was like, well, you know, what should I do? Should I get this kind of glass, that kind of glass? And they said, well, initially it doesn't really matter. Just get three pairs or four pairs of glasses, cheap ones at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So you got them all over the place. Just do that. Mm -hmm. Best piece of advice I ever had. Yes. That was key. Um, Because they... They're always broken. And yeah, you lose them, you forget lost. them, but you th- sprinkle a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. around, you got it. So take that to the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to see it a little differently. You're learning how to see it around. So maybe put four or five pairs of kingdom of God glasses in your life mm-hmm. somewhere. Doesn't have to be big, but, you know, a little extra time in prayer here. Or I think I'm going to go with my friend to that thing or yeah, I think I'm going to go down and volunteer at that thing every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Throw it in your schedule. And who knows what might take. Sure. Nothing may take. But you got a few extra things getting you thinking about this kingdom. You got yeah. some way to wrap all that up uh, that might uh, lead us into your sermon this this week? Boy, I tell you what, we've been Doesn't talking have to about do that. perception, <laughs> seeing. Yeah. Um, so that this kingdom of God thing mm-hmm. is... Uh, it's going to sound trite when I say it. It's really important, um, but it is. It's it's really important, and and I think that's what what I'm hoping on Sunday in our in our little time together, and then in the class after, to explore what we think we understand about the kingdom of God as it's as it's presented in Scripture versus you know some of the things that we put on to it out you know human kingdoms and such or stories about kings or fairy tales about kings and kingdoms. Um, I'm, I'm hoping this this opens that up just a little bit to say, okay, how do you know what the kingdom of God looks like? Well, in this case, you look at who's blessed in the kingdom of God. You evaluate any kingdom in the same way. Look at any kingdom that's ever existed. Who was blessed in that area? And it tells you something about the kingdom. Tells you something about the king and who's ruling it and what they think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the Beatitudes. Yeah, so it's been great. I enjoy talking with you, Chris. Um, maybe we'll uh, have to have you come back in here even when you're not hanging around love here so to. much. Love to. I love talking. Love listening. Mm-hmm. glad you were with us today and I hope you'll tune in again as we listen to one another.